Good morning, family. It is 2.53 in the morning. Been up since, uh, I guess, 1.50. All the way live, November the 12th. Can't wait to, uh, to do this meeting, the recovery meeting. Today, we're going to be reading out a little 24-hour little book. Let us go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. November 11. When I think of all you have gone before me, when I think of all the people that have gone before me in AA, I realize that I am only one. Not very important person. What happens to me is not so very important after all. And AA has taught me to be more outgoing, to seek friendships by going at at least halfway, to have a sincere desire to help. I have more self-respect now than I have less sensitivity. I have more self-respect now that I have less sensitivity. I have found that the only way to live comfortably with myself is to take a real interest in others. Do I realize that I am not so important after all? Nope, I haven't realized that yet, family. The most important thing here is are these words here. In, in uh, AA, for me, is how well we assimilate the traditions. You know, how well we conduct ourselves by the traditions in the meetings. I believe we're there for the fellowship, the love, the camaraderie, the laughter, the wisdom, the understanding, and the advice or the examples that come out of the 12-step program. But we all must comply we should comply, well, anyone, any of the people who are have enough sense comply to the 12 traditions. And with that respect, we, we lose, we have more self-respect. Now that we have, we're less sensitive to our own feelings and learn to, and learn to be part of a group. Meditation for today. As you look back over your life, it is not too difficult to believe that what you went through was for a purpose, to prepare you for some valuable work in life. Everything in your life may well have been planned by God to make you of some use in the world. Each person's life is like the pattern of a mosaic. Each thing that happened to you is like one tiny stone in the mosaic and each tiny stone fits into the perfect pattern of a mosaic of your life which has been designed by God and prayer for the day I pray that I may not see the whole design of my life I pray that I must trust the designer is that interesting uh, it talks about Fernando alcoholic that that the experiences and uh, that's hard for us to believe that the ugliness and the experiences that we went through can be uh, a mosaic 
plan for by God to make us more useful in this world. <laughs> you know, my experience is that there's three ways to learn, like the Chinese have said. You see, you see a person, you think about it, uh, you see and you do, and you remember the more, you know, and then you teach. I don't think the Chinese are teaching that, but, you know, they should put the last third one should be you show others. You allow others to take reign. You allow others to run the meetings. You allow others to work with others. You teach. You teach. Um, sensitiveness will go away. The words will uh, <clears throat> will close up the hurts. If I'm thankful for my hurts, for my capers, for my uh, all my losses, and my feelings are open, <clears throat> the only way my feelings can close up, listen up, folks, <clears throat> the only way Fernando's feelings closed up and everything, by me giving thanks for the acid and the cuts and the jarring of pain from relationships to losses to uh, to child to childish behavior that I didn't want to let it go of. And I still have a lot of it, you know. If someone hears my podcast right now, they'll probably uh, say, well, this guy is, you know, so sensitive. Uh, uh, I don't know about humbleness. I don't know about ego and pride and all that stuff because he just goes saying, um, the fact is that the material is good for the person who wants it. That's the point. For the person who is starving, who is searching for proper words, who who is looking for a format to run their life like I was, this is a good format, folks. This 12-step program, all of them, is a format that our, our minds, our souls need. We need authoritative house. We need authority in the house, a structure. We need some kind of structure in the home, at our, in our house, something we relate to. What's the first tradition say? You know, uh, it says uh, unity. Unity. The first tradition says unity. I have right here, I got my big, big book. And then I have my big book. And then I have my other commentaries that I enjoy, you know. We keep coming up. Now, 562 is where the traditions are, are at, so... 562, we go to page 562 in the big book, and the traditions are there. It says, one, our common welfare should come first. Should come first, okay? Not necessarily. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. So when I was new, that's, I saw this on the wall, and I said, no, I said, I need to do that. I need to, to bring this selfish, sensitive, uh, con artists to the meetings, you know, to this place where it is. There's unity here. There's safety here. There's recovery, or else no one else in my family life is going to have a piece of Fernando. My mom isn't. My children, my brothers and sisters, not even my employer. The United States of America have been having had a lot of trouble with this man in the early days, from road camp to. Uh, to being incarcerated in juvenile hall many times, road camp, like I said. So, 
We all do better when we have authority over our heads. We need authority. We need Father in heaven to, we need to please him. That's why uh, we, we fall off the handle. That's why we tattoo ourselves. We hurt ourselves. We drink in excess to kill ourselves because we want people to feel sorry for us. But all in all, we want our Father's approval, Father God's approval. And he says, he goes, just thank me for my mercy and you'll have my approval. What? I'm not a sinner. (laughs) I'm not this. I'm not. You know, just thank him for his mercy. How can you judge mercy, guys? How can you judge love? How can you resist these things? How can you, 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 uh, you know, you, you, we've been running out of hope, faith, believing. Relax. Relax. Like the reading is, we're not that important. And it's not about us. It's about God choosing us to be in his next world, next kingdom. You know, and it, and it goes by us getting it here. If we can relax and receive his mercy, we're, we got a ticket. We're on our way. We're good to go. You'll be doing something like this, getting up at 1.30, uh, 10 minutes to 2 around there every day, and uh, start your podcast. Start your prayers. I'm praying for the neighbor. The neighbor's dying. I went to go take him some soup yesterday. This neighbor uh, and his wife, they're, they're, they at one time were big drinkers. I've been, uh, they have uh, over 30 cars, a lot of old junky cars in the back, and then they have a lot of good ones too, you know, a lot of classics, you know, a team, uh, 1920s, 1930s, a lot of resources, two, two houses, and the, and the man wouldn't quit his dreams, you know, he was bragging himself, trying to finish a project from the 60s. And uh, I went to go take him some soup because he laid up. They're just waiting for him to pass away at home. And the wife couldn't handle him anymore. She called me. I went over there and I I prayed with her and everything. And the elderly and I went back to take some soup today. And the sister said that the lady was checked into a hospital. She couldn't handle it anymore. So they had to pick up the old, the old guy and take him to hospice. But we're there with a neighbor. I have the ability to be to say a prayer and to take away some of the uh, just by me praying and being there and say, "Hey, I'm with you. Take, give me some of that pain. Give me some of that pain. I can handle it. I'm not selfish." So this morning I was praying for them. I was praying that the, he has uh, access to uh, to the next world. Amen. You know what I mean. All right, let's go ahead and close it off. Um, I just want to say one more uh, thing about the traditions is that I think, I believe half of them are personal and the traditions, the other ones are how to run, how to run um, a group. I use the traditions for my home, for my house, uh, Every home ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. That means avoid credit cards as much as you can. Uh, we can't. We need a. We need a few credit cards to run here and there and to 
to run, but they still get out of hand, guys. You know, like 20, 10% out of hand. Uh, we need, we keep a good eye on them. Not as good as we should, but thank God I'm a misfit. Anyway, uh, at step two, for my family purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. So I brought the traditions home and I used them. I used the Our Father, the, I used the prayers of AA in my family home and we started putting the traditions as our ultimate guidelines. We needed a purpose. We needed to pray the Our Father in the evening. We needed to pray the Our Father in the morning if you had a big day. So prayer became a big part of our of our sitting down for a meal became a big part um, in it, you know. Uh, the only requirement for AA for family membership is to stop complaining, stop crying. The only requirement for this for this family is for us to thank God for our problems. That you thank God for your problems. That's what you should put on the refrigerator. And then you put down that. No, then you say, I thank God I'm a misfit because I didn't ask God for his mercy. So, sounds pretty good, huh? The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop complaining. You know, if... I don't know how many hundreds of people tell you, but this, when I read the Spanish Bible, the Word of God, it says that if you keep saying what you have, you're going to keep having what you're saying, okay? So on this morning, I'm, there's a song, in the, in the, and actually it's, it's in the Old Testament that says, that let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. You know, you speak... You change the molecules in the coming future. How about that, folks? You know, uh, missiles and promises are all blessings coming your way. And we have to say something good about it. Life is coming our way. A spiritual life is like a, a flood of uh, water. But I mean, you know, you're talking about uh, an ocean flood of water coming our way. There are nothing but blessings, nothing but good things. What we say about those molecules coming our way of, of blessings is how we're going to surf, how we're going to get it. Everything is always coming my way. Good things are happening. The, the kindness and the blessings of God are, on, are new every morning. His mercy, it, why would God's mercy be new every morning? Hello? It's because we need it. Let us claim it, guys. Thousands and thousands and millions and millions upon billions and trillions of blessings and good things coming our way. Hey, no one's going to send us a bill for believing. You're not going to be ridiculed for believing. You know? That's, and if you do, you're on your way. You're breaking out of the mold. You want to be different? Make a difference? Use your mouth. Let us use our mouth. I thank God. <clears throat> I thank God for His mercies are new every morning. All right, God bless you. I'll let you go. Let's go ahead and get out of here. To pray the Our Father. Have a great day. Give Him heaven. Boot somebody in the ass. Tell them get it. Get up and get going with this program. 
I, I booted this one kid, 19 year old, you know, I believe he needed it. And with the boot in the park, I said, hey, get on with the program. Life is a session. Take care of your parents. Pull out the, the trash can. Don't sit there and, and and you're hurting them when you're in your room playing your games all day long. Get out there and look for work. Get out of the house. Act like you're going to college. You're doing something. Just act. But you hurt people when you stay in your room and you're lazy. You really, really hurt them. Okay? The, psychologically, spiritually, and everything. Get out and get moving and go do something. Bring bread, bring milk. If you're not paying rent and you're living off your parents once more time or anybody else or even the United States of America, you're living on their on their turf or God's world. This is God's earth. we got to get up and do things. And, huh, I'm talking to myself. Our Father, ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. I love you. God bless you. Electronic hug, brothers and sisters. Stay youthful. Say, I am youthful. Every time you go into the bathroom, I am youthful. I am strong. I am rich. Just get in the habit of saying those three things when you walk into the bathroom and you look at yourself in the mirror. I love you. Thank you for coming to today's podcast. We're going to be reading Psalms, the 11th today. That's what, November 11th? And I believe I said we're going to read it in the New King James this month. Okay, so let me switch over to New King James. We're going to start with the Psalms first. Read five chapters of Psalms, so please hang in there. And our words make a flight to the heavens if we continue to say God's word as we hear it and contemplate in it and plant it in our hearts we will become what we say what God's word says you know we will assimilate and trust it that God's word is is being planted in our hearts and we're moving forward let's go ahead and open the session again with the Lord's prayer please relax as much as you can take a deep breath and, and let go of faith. Let go of your trust. Just relax. Uh, just put as much peace as you can into saying this and just surrender to the Father. Just relax to the Father. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So be it. You notice when I said, give us this day our daily bread, 
and boom, what we're about to do took flight in my soul and my spirit. As this is our daily bread, brothers and sisters, what we're about to read. Here we go. New King James Version. Amen. Psalm 11. The title is Faith in the Lord's Righteousness. Faith in the Lord's Righteousness. To the a Psalm of David. To the chief musician. Verse 1. In the Lord I put my trust. How can you say to my soul, Flee as a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow on a string that they may shoot secretly at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold the eyeless, test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence his soul hates. Upon the wicked he will rain coals, fire and brimstone, and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. He, his countenance beholds the upright. May we be beholden by the Lord upright. 31. Now we go to Psalm 41. I believe... The Blessings and Suffering of the Godly, a Psalm of David, verse 1. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sick bed. I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil of me. When will he die and his name perish? And if he comes to see me, he speaks lies. His heart gathers iniquity to itself. When he goes out, he tells it. All who hate me whisper together against me. Against me they devise my hurt. An evil disease, they say, clings to him. And now that he lies down, he will rise up no more. Even my own familiar friend, ha, huh, in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, he lifted up his heel against me. But you, O oh Lord, be merciful to me and raise me up that I may repay them. By this I know that you are well pleased with me, because my enemy does not triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Amen. Beautiful psalm. And that, now we move to Psalm 71. Words, and I just got a thought about, we just came back from Hawaii. I don't know if for some reason or another, I need to put this little in there. We, we went to Las Vegas to see the grandkids. 
Uh, we went and we saw, we couldn't see everybody, so kind of, uh, you know, we do have, I have another nephew and another grandchild, I mean, uh, a family, and uh, I didn't get a chance to see them. I know they're professionals and they're busy. One of them is an administrator for a hospital, and the other one, you know, working for the city, and they, we have to go there with plenty of, I guess, uh, time, right? Not informative. But this other family, the kids, you know, they're the, the dog is barking, the new dog, the new kid, the two-year-old running around like crazy. And so we were put to work right away, taking them to school, picking them up, taking them to eat, loving on them like we you do with uh, four kids and enjoying the parents in the evening and laughing and, and watching cartoons. I forgot my point. Huh. Anyway, just to let you know that uh, I'm doing life. Things are going good. Uh, no, we didn't. We didn't really. Uh, you know, we had a little time left uh, after our, our initial visit. With we have a custom to go to a certain uh, breakfast area, and they do have some machines. And in years, it, and uh, we, I put five bucks in, and guess what? You guessed it. I walked out with $2. I played pennies. My wife put five bucks in. She walked out with pennies, with $2. We said, ah, let's go, let's save something and go get a cup of coffee. We played the pennies and we noticed that uh, the machines are the same thing over and over again. You know, and people are walking around putting their trust in the machine, using their faith in the machine using their their hope and their belief. Years ago, I used to go and interview the cashiers, the people that pay out the payout, and then uh, just walk around curiosity and ask, hey, what was, what was the last time somebody wants something here? And the guy goes, oh. Mm. He looked in the air and he looked around. This is truth, folks. And he said, oh, but two weeks ago, maybe three, somebody won $600. And I go, I was shocked. And I go, the people here, <laughs> excuse me, the people here are playing for thousands in their minds. In their imaginations, they think they're going to win $2,400. Anyway, just pure entertainment. Just play the pennies and realize that our faith is in the God and the rock of our salvation and what we're doing here. Psalm 71. Oh, I got the point that I was thinking about on the last psalm. It's about doing more things for the poor, you know. That's all. Thank you. Psalm 71. God, the rock of salvation. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Excuse me. Be my strong refuge, to which I may resort continually. You have given me the commandments to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man, for you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you I have been upheld from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of you. 
I have become as a wonder to many, but you are my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. For my enemies speak against me, and those who lie in wait for my life take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him. Pursue and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, do not be far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. Let them be confounded and consumed who are adversaries of my life. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day. For I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wonderful works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Also, your righteousness, O God, is very high. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You who have shown me great and severe troubles shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Also with the lute I will praise you and your faithfulness I will praise, O my God. To you I will sing with the harp. O Holy One of Israel, my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing to you and my soul which you have redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of your righteousness all the day long. For they are confounded, for they are brought to shame who seek my hurt. Psalm 101 King David Promised faithfulness to the Lord. A Psalm of David. I will sing of mercy and justice to you, O Lord. I will sing praises. I will behave wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the works of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. The one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. My eye shall be on the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He who works deceit, shall not dwell within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. Early I will destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. Psalm 131, 
All right, now we're winding down. Simple trust in the Lord. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calm and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. You see right here, the Lord is, uh, King David is telling us to relax with the Father, relax with his mercy, relax with his loving kindness. His kindness is new every morning. You say, yes, Lord, I receive your kindness. Yes, Lord, be it unto me according to your loving kindness. Be it unto me, Lord, I I ask you for your mercy. Forgive me of my sins, thought, my thoughts, my deeds, my actions. Forgive me, cleanse me. Help me to start over again today. Thank you for your mercy, Father. I rejoice in your mercy. And thank you for your justice. Thank you for forgiving me. I'm good to go, Lord. I have no guilt. You have forgiven all my guilt and shame, removed everything. And you don't remember it. Why should I coward towards you, Father, when I get close to you? When you said, as a man, I forgive you. Now I am one of you, Lord. I am being restored in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. It's all about restoration, brothers and sisters. We were once in heaven. We agreed to come down here and to learn and to learn to love and learn to help and to make a difference. Whatever our actions do, they they grow and they and they influence others. So God bless them. We bless the unlovable. We bless the ugly. We bless the lazy. We bless them. God bless them. God bless the poor. They keep saying the same thing. They they keep keeping keeping the same thing they're saying. God bless them and God bless them with uh, instruction. Proverbs eleven. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight. Do you realize that a dishonest scale is our mouth? Our mouths are dishonest scales when we speak wrong of the poor or, or the nation or the country. A just weight will say, well, God bless them. That's a hard job. I wouldn't want that job. You know, God help them in their decisions. God protect their homes. God help the poor. May they learn to use words. God, may they use to, if they pray the Our Father ten times a day, God will give them their daily bread. God has given them just causes for them to get out. Tools. Amen. Okay, I'll get off my high horse or my box of soap and get on with this. Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. Do we want to make God delightful? Bless the un, un, unlovable. We God bless him. That will make the Father delightful. Verse 2. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. Boy, I don't know about you, but I was 
I was always carrying shame. Then shame became a habit. And then if I didn't have any shame, I would, I would do something shameful so I would feel the regrets of shame. Did you know shame can be a habit uh, too? And a drug? When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. But the humble is wisdom. What is a humble person? Takes his shoes off and, and gets on the grass and prays and sings songs and reads his Bible and thinks about life, the seriousness of life. Thinks about his words and his, he takes a look at how, <coughs> how he's doing in the past and what he, uh, he is a sober, humble person who is thinking with wisdom. The reason you want to put your feet on the grass is to take all the static electricity out of your brain, out of your emotions, out of your organs, and it's causing too much inflammation for you to be. Uh, so this is a pr- pretty good way to relax in God, relax with His wisdom and His humbleness. Take a deep breath. You're not all that important, and and we're not all in charge. God is. That's to the ones that if life is not working and you're getting the same old same thing, rolling your cars, getting DUIs, causing more havoc and trouble, causing misery for the family. Everybody's always worried about you. You're stealing peace from people. That's what I was doing. Now everybody's happy because, you know, I'm doing things, going places. They're running their own life. The best thing that you guys can do for your kids that are out there using and drugging and running amok is to live a life of uh, action, helping the poor. They hear of things that you're doing. Don't try to keep helping a dead horse and, you know, and your spoiled kids over and over again. You say, well, I'm doing something right. Have the courage to go out and step out and help the people that really deserve it, that will are grasping to your words, are starving for your words. They're not starving for your dollar. They're starving for your friendship and your words, your actions and your high five. They're looking to see what you are doing. That gives them life. You notice how the, the Word of God says in Proverbs that a lazy person in the room is like a robber uh, is stealing time and, and peace from the family. And it's the same thing when we're not, uh, we're giving life to people as a giver of life. When you're out there going fishing, taking a vacation, you're being good to yourself and you're, you know, and you're buying fast food and giving it to the poor, you know, three, four bucks. It's such a good feeling. And the, the idea of that is, uh, is others will have life because you're doing life. You're going forward, getting out of yourself, helping the one around us. I don't know, it's not, this message is not for everybody, but it's for somebody out there that needs to hear that. Amen. Okay, verse 3 of Proverbs 11. The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. 
The righteousness of the blameless will direct his way. The righteousness of the blameless will direct his way. Thank you, Father, for your righteousness that now we have the power to do the right thing because of your righteousness, Lord. We de- our, the righteousness is directing us in right actions and right ways. Amen. But the wicked will fall down by his own wickedness. The righteous of the upright will deliver them. Again, the righteousness of the upright will deliver him. Clapping your hands, thanking God for his mercy and for forgiveness. But the unfaithful will be caught by their lust. <clears throat> but the unfaithful will be caught by their lust. Can you imagine being caught by lust, being caught by your pornography, being caught by that? You can't move forward. Say, for instance, a young man uh, wants to start a family and sees and meets a beautiful girl and falls in love. Guess what? The cables of lust are going to let that man go forward. You know, they you cannot uh, be on pornography and then think you're going to move forward and not having any power within you. You will say the wrong thing. Your unrighteousness will slap you and get your snot out of your mouth. <laughs> How do I know this? But the unfaithful will be caught by their lust. When a wicked man dies, his expectation will perish, and the hope of the unjust perishes. The righteous is delivered from trouble, and it comes to the wicked instead. Wow, can you imagine that there's walking down the street, wickedness, ready to jump on some people, you know, because, uh, and it bypasses the righteous house and goes visits you. You know what I mean. You you hear that family down the street. They're always in the middle of the night yelling. Kids are running all, you know, just total chaos. I pray, we pray for them and be kind to them, take them something. But there's wickedness walking up and down the street. Who wouldn't want the covering of the righteousness of the Lord, the blood of Jesus in their hearts, in their minds, in their house? And you keep doing things your own way. The hip, excuse me, the hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor. The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor. That's an interesting word. I'll have to look that up and break it down. It sounds like we, uh, we hypocrite, sounds like we say one thing with a script to that person, and, and then we use, we talk about them, and with the same script, we destroy our neighbors. Basically, I guess just talking about them, our words have destruction. With his mouth destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, the righteous shall be delivered. So how are we going to be delivered? By not judging the neighbor, by doing, uh, blessing them, by believing the best, acting like they're already angels. Can you do that? Acting like there's love that lives in the house and their righteousness and just always smile and be kind to them. I think that's why I understand this verse, verse 9. The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor, one side of the coin and the other, but through knowledge, the righteous shall be delivered. So we have to think about this. 
it says to uh, the word of God it says to make cookies for your neighbor and take them and he can leave them there with a note don't let anybody know that you're done to the ones that keep bugging you and once you have love for them they will sense the love and they will stop bickering they will have peace someone has to you have to do it first because you know better and you're wiser and, and we started it anyway by looking and sneering at them so relax the world is too short and uh, you know in the 80s there was a teaching that said that the Holy Spirit was going to be in the in the last days the Holy Spirit was going to be lifted from uh, the neighborhoods it's going to be lifted from society from the cities and that's what I'm seeing today you know I think about the people that go to the they take their kids to these water parks and They ended up with 30 fights in there, uh, moms and dads fighting with over the kids and the kid fighting with other parents and so forth. The holiness of God is being lifted up, folks, and we must get more into it and be serious about this, okay? To save our, our, our if we save ourselves, we save our loved ones. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there is jubilation. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. But it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. But it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. You get a lot of people saying a lot of things, bad things about the government, the city, the people, the officials. They get exactly what they're saying. And then we, on the other hand, have to be praying for the city, be praying for the peace. We pray by the blessing of the upright, the city. So how can we bless the city? The Bible says that to honor the law is to respect the Lord and to bless the city. A lot of times, you know, uh, waiting for a red light. Pushing the button, uh, being courteous, you know, uh, courteous at the check stand and letting people go before them. You know, what happens is your actions are multiplied 10 times. You know, I've seen that. If I'm kind in the highway, put my signal on when somebody and be a little courteous and just give them the benefit of the doubt. Don't slam my brakes like I used to. Get out of the way when I can. Uh, I notice up front that they using they, they think about themselves, they use their blinkers, they, they slow down. I have seen, and then they in turn, someone else sees them do that, and they in turn do, you know, it just starts to, you know, you can easily pass kindness down. We're not exempt, folks. We are responsible. By the blessing of the upright, the city exalted. He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor. Uh-oh, back to the neighbor. He who is devoid of wisdom. Wow. But a man of understanding holds his peace. How can I be a man of understanding? First his wisdom will be delivered, now understanding. The first thing that comes to mind is take your shoes up, Get on the grass and let your neighbor see you reading the good book. 
Let your, your neighbors see you read. Yep, the Bible. Sit out in the thing, let everybody see you. Yep. The first thing that they're going to do is the same thing as giving the signal and giving them courtesy and blessing them and waving at them and smiling. As long as they see your actions doing something good and, and honoring the Father, they automatically have respect for you. That's in the heart of everyone. You would say, wow, this person is really dedicated to his, to his calling, to his teaching. I'm not saying that because I do it. I don't do it all the time. I do it in the back. I hide. I do it in the side of the house. You know, put my feet there. And He who is devoid of wisdom, wisdom is despises his neighbor. But a man understanding holds his peace. You know, it's not easy. I had to eat a lot of corn, a lot of crow to, to hold my peace with my neighbor. They were just used to bickering. And I just kept giving thanks and thanks and thanks for the neighbor. Finally, the neighbor moved out, but I didn't uh, pick up the hatchet and go at them. I wanted to. I almost did. God kept me, you know, parking their car in my driveway. <laughs> How can you hold your peace in that? Anyway, I better hurry up. I'm running out of battery here. Talking too much. Oh, by the way, I got up at 10 minutes to 2 in the morning. Started my recording. And I've been sitting here. Now it's 4.30 in the morning. It's still early. I've been up a couple hours. Yep, I do go to sleep early. And I do take naps during the day. And, and I do not get a lot of things done I like to get done. And I do do community service. And it takes, a, and thank God that I can, huh? He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace. A tale bearer reveals secret, but he who is of faithful spirit conceals the matter. There's a lot of things I don't understand. I wonder if I am. Um, being a talebearer about telling you about my community services and how I get up in the morning and all that. A talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is of faithful spirit conceals the matter. And with all integrity, when someone uh, telling secrets of others or yourself, um, that's the point I'm making. Not talking about other being a being a gossip, but are revealing your dreams, your aspirations, and every little detail about your life, trying to be uh, open. I don't know. It feels like I should have more. Uh, what do you call it? Boundaries and values that I'd be a little more astute, you know. But then I, I would think that you think I'd be overly righteous, or I can't be. A stuff shirt. Anyway, let's move on. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. That's a 12-step program for me, folks. And for you and for anyone. The spirit of counsel, the spirit of God is in this room. When people surrender with a prayer. And God's, God's wisdom is there. When there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors... There is safety. There is good advice. He who is surety for a stranger will suffer, but the one who hates being surety is secure. 
Don't go into debt for anybody else and say you will pay. Stupidest thing you can do is to pick up somebody else's bill, even if it's your kids, your mother, your granddaughter, whatever. A gracious woman retains honor, but ruthless men retain riches. A gracious woman. I don't know if I had the resources and my grand, uh, the granddaughter is going to college and everything, that's a different thing. If they're pursuing wisdom and understanding and you you know it in your heart that they're the, they're the real McCoy, and there's only 20% out of 100 kids that have a heart for wisdom. You know? The other one is just guilt on your part. And so... Here we go. Where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counsels there is safety. He who is surety for a stranger will suffer, but the one who hates being surety is secure. Oh yeah, right here is talking about a stranger, not a family member. Your own discretion is... But, you know, I hear this from uh, very uh, astute, uh, rich people, you know, you can throw money at, even the proverb says, you can throw money at, uh, for education for, a, you know, it's just a waste to a child that doesn't appreciate it. They're just going on a, on a great vacation you're sending them. A gracious woman retains honor, but ruthless men retain riches. The merciful man does good for his own soul. You know, right here it says a gracious woman retains honor, a woman of integrity, and, uh, and men and women that start businesses, that, that, that start good ideas. They retain honor and they retain riches because they provide a service for the community. Verse 17, the merciful man does good for his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. Be merciful to the poor. You know, it's really interesting how the, um, I saw a clip where a Jewish man was teaching his young 10-year-old entrepreneur son how to succeed for the future. And there was, they had about five jars. He goes, in this jar, you put 10% for your, for your savings. This jar, you put 10% for the poor. This jar, you put 10% for, uh, for research and development. You know. And in this, in this one, you put so-and-so. And you live off 50%, something like that. Wow. You know, that 50% becomes millions and millions. Did I say 10% for the poor, 10% for the church? There's plenty. There's plenty to go around, folks. Unlimited wealth. Unlimited giving. We have to start early on that one. I don't do that. Try to do it. I I binged on doing that. Ended up having to rebuild everything all over again two or three times in my life. You give everything away. I said, okay, Lord, i done my part, but without reading the Word of God, just, I was in contempt. Now I read the Word of God, and the Word of God has a difference. 
The merciful man does good to his own soul, but he who is cruel troubles his own flesh. The wicked man does deceptive work, but he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. As righteousness leads to life, so he who pursues evil pursues it to his own death. As righteousness leads to life, he who pursues evil, evil will come and eat your lunch, man. Lust will come and eat your life. The wicked man does deceptive work, but he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. What is sowing righteousness? You being a good example of living life, having a job and taking care of yourself and cleaning your car. You being an example of taking care of yourself and your education and, and being kind to the poor. You will have a sure reward. Those who are of a perverse heart are an abomination to the Lord. But the blameless in their ways are his delight. Blameless, meaning we don't judge others. Okay? We send nothing but blessings. Give them the benefit of the doubt. We are his delight. Though they join forces, the wicked will not go unpunished. But the posterity of the righteous will be delivered. Posterity of the righteous. As a ring of gold in a swine's snout, so is a lovely woman who lacks discretion. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is raft. There is one who scatters yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. The people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessings will be on the head of him who sells it at a good price. He who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. He who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like foliage. He who troubles his own house will inherit the wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. If the righteous will be recompensed on the earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner. Amen. God bless you, family. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. John G.'s Lake's book. Chapter 6. As he is, so are we in this world. His life, his sermons, his boldness of faith. John G. Lake. The mind of the world is fixed on the Redeemer. The Old Testament scriptures looking up to Christ are particularly prolific in their description of his life. His sorrows, his sufferings, his death, his sacrifice. All these were qualities of the Redeemer. All these were endured and ex exercised by the Redeemer in order to obtain something. That something was redemption. 
What redemption means is best seen by following the chain of Christ's life from the crucifixion on, not back on the cross. This side of it, if you want to understand the Redeemer, see him before the cross comes into view. That is, if you want to understand the Redeemer who obtained the redemption, but if you want to understand the redemption that he obtained, look on this side of Calvary. A great majority of the Christian's world is still weeping at the foot of the cross. The consciences of man is fixed on the Christ who died, not on the Christ who lives. They are looking back to the Redeemer who was not the Redeemer who is. On this side of the cross, we see all the marble of opposites to what we see in the Christ on the other side of the cross. On the other side of the cross, we see a man of sorrows and acquainted with griefs, bearing out sicknesses, carrying out sorrows. He had nowhere to lay his head. Poverty was one of his characteristics. Nobody ever stopped to think, or rarely saw, that he bore his poverty uh, and what for? Answer, that through his poverty we might be made rich. Second Corinthians 8, 9. He bore our sorrows for what? That we through his sorrows might be made glad. He bore our sufferings for what? That we through his stripes might be healed. He gave his life a sacrifice for sins for what? That we should not know no sin. Then having completed the redemption or purchased the redemption, the redemption becomes manifest on this side of the Calvary. Sometimes I wish that I could turn the face of the believer the other way. You may observe that I very rarely turn the face of believers to the cross. The world looked to the cross until they passed it. But if they had never passed it, redemption would be no more a reality than it was before. Redemption becomes a reality as we obtain the redemption. To obtain the fact that the Redeemer purchase is the purpose of the Christian life. To obtain the fact that the Redeemer purchased is the purpose of the Christian life. On this side of the cross, we see the victory, not the suffering, not the humiliation and dejection and rejection, but the victory. We see the first glimmer of that victory when Jesus, who was crucified as a redeemer, stepped forth as the redeemed. The redeemer, the first fruits of them that slept, became the redeemer of mankind or the pattern of redemption. He was not the pattern of redemption back there on the other side of the cross. He became the pattern of redemption. Paul puts it in such terms terse terms. He became the author of eternal salvation. Hebrews 5.9 Not was manufactured the author of eternal salvation. Not was born, but became the author of eternal salvation. Why? Because having as the Redeemer entered into the redemption by himself, the first fruits of them that slept. 1 Corinthians 15.20 The first victor the first example of victory, he became the manifester, the demonstrator, the revealer, the embodiment of eternal salvation. On this side of the cross is the victory of his resurrection. 
the marble of all victories, the victory over death by which he took death captive. A living man himself, he came forth, the conqueror of death itself, having put all things under his feet. What an accent into triumph. What a change in his consciousness. What a distinction between the Redeemer and the redeemed. No longer subject to death, but triumphant over it. No longer subject to humiliation, but now becoming the exalted one. Bless God. For in the ascension, we see the exaltation of Jesus. Instead of the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief or sickness, we see the living, triumphant, exultant Son of God ascending to the throne of God, receiving from God the Father what Jesus and the Father consider worthy of the suffering and death and sacrifice and redemption of Jesus Christ. A reward so great that Jesus himself considered it worth all his sufferings, all his buffetings, his earth career, his humiliation, his sacrifice and death, all to obtain it, the gift of the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, 16, 18. On this side of the cross, we see the distribution of his new life, not the life that was on the other side, but the life that is on this side, the life of triumph, the life of victory, the life of praise, the life of power, the life of glory, exultant, triumphant. The other night, as I laid in bed, I was thinking and praying over some of these things that were passing through my mind concerning Jesus. The scripture of Revelation one eighteen came with new force to me, where Jesus, not as a humiliated Savior, but as a kingly conqueror, stands forth with the marvelous declaration that, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen and have the keys of hell and of death. It seemed to me that in all the word of God, there is no such shout of triumph as that. There is no better triumph than this statement. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen and have the keys of hell and of death. Why is it seem to me as if the very heaven and the earth and all that in them rings with exultant shout of a real victor? I have the keys of hell and of death. The enemies of man taken captive by the Son of God, subject to his dictate. That is the Christ that speaks to my soul. That is the Christ on this side of Calvary. That is the Christ my soul worships. I'm going to tell you a strange thing. I am not much interested in the Christ on the other side of Calvary. Not half so much as I am in the Christ this side of Calvary. Bless God. I love the Redeemer, but I glory in his redemption. The marvel of Christianity and the wonder of this scripture that I call your attention to is that it does not say that as he was back there. So are we to be in this world? Don't you see that is where the world fell down? Where the Christian life becomes submerged in a vow of tears and shadows and darkness and poverty and humiliation and suffering. 
all of which Christian mankind accepted joyfully because they believed they were exemplifying Jesus Christ and thinking they were glorifying him. They still vision not the Christ that is, but the Christ that was, the Christ who bore and endured and suffered and died in order to obtain the privilege of the Christ who is and to become the Christ who is. Now, if I could radically turn your mind tonight clearly around from the vision of the Christ before the cross to the vision of the Christ who is, this fact would mean that your soul, your souls must ascend in consciousness and union with the overcoming Son of God, not bow and bound with the humiliation Savior, but join in holy glory triumph with the Son of God who obtained the victory and revealed it and distributes its power and glory to the souls of men. As he is, not as he was, John said, as he is, so are we in this world, 1 John 4, 17. Not in the life to come, the glory is not for the life that is coming, but for the life that is now. The victory is not for the future, it is for the now. It is not for the good day, by and by. It is for the now. Not for heaven to come, but for heaven on earth now. Sin, sickness, death under his feet, hell itself taken captive and obedient to his word. Every enemy of mankind throttled, bound, chained by the Son of God. Mankind joined with him by the Holy Ghost in living triumph. Why? If I receive of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, of the Christ who is, I receive the Spirit of victory and power and might and dominion of grace, of love, of power, victory. Blessed be God, all of all the blessed estates of which Jesus himself is now the conscious master. All these things he gives to the Christians through imparting to him the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord says within my soul that the universal sound of praise in which angels and men, all creatures in the earth, the sea, and the sky will eventually join, comes because of, of the consciousness of the overcoming Christ has dawned upon them and possesses their soul. Some of the final songs, the songs of the ages that shout of victory, we find in the fifth of Revelation and I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands and thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor, and glory, and blessings, and every creature which is in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, blessings, and honor, and glory, and power be unto him. They sit it upon the throne and unto the Lamb. 
forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. Revelations 5, 11 and 14. Should I carry your soul tonight into the place of victory in God? I must carry it into the consciousness of Christ's overcoming life. All his healing virtue, his saving grace, his transforming spirit, all the angelic communion, the heavenly foretaste, the consciousness of the state of the redeemed, the glory triumph of Jesus Christ is in the consciousness born from the resurrection and revealed in the revelation. For as he is, so are we in this world. 1 John four seventeen. Jesus is his earth life reached forth into that life and kingdom and triumph and exhibited in this world in a measure that victory and triumph that his soul knew and vision. But when the cross came, he entered actually into the life that his soul formerly visioned and knew through the word of God and the consciousness of God within his heart. And so his ministry in the spirit is a ministry in the all-powerful, all-consciousness, all-knowledge, all-grace, all-victory, all salvation, bless God. I will lift your soul tonight in the Spirit of God into that glow and glory of the triumphant life. Do you know that it is only as your mind settles back into the humiliation and the suffering and the weakness and the fear and doubting of the dispensation that is past that you grow weak and sickly and sinful, but as your souls look forward and possess in the present the glorious victory that Jesus acquired and exhibits and enjoys, does it rise out of its sorrows, out of its sins, into that glorious triumph of the children of God. It would not be pleasant to always have to live with babies and imbeciles or a lot of half-grown-up folks. I want you to sympathize with God. I want you to catch the vision of the ordinary Christian conception. Think of God having to live forever and ever and ever in association with people who were not half big enough to comprehend His will. That is not God's purpose. Jesus Christ undertook the biggest contract that heaven on or earth or sea or sky ever knew. He undertook the redemption of mankind and their transformation by the Spirit of the living God into his own likeness and image and statue and understanding in the grace and power and fullness of his own nature. Jesus Christ is the associate of God, one with God and with every son of God. He has purposed that redeemed man grown up in God transform into the very image and likeness and nature and fullness of Jesus Christ. Becoming like the Son of God shall be associated associates of God. What did God create man for anyway? Answer, 
The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. The chief aim of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. God's purpose in the creation of mankind was to develop an association on His own plane. Otherwise, God would have been eternally living with babies or imbeciles. He would have been compelled forever to associate with those who were not able to understand and comprehend his nature or character or the marvel of his being or the wonder of his power. The wonder of the redemption of Jesus Christ is revealed in the matchless of God's purpose to transform man into his very nature and image and fullness. Thereby man, as sons of God, become, bless God, the associates of Almighty God on his own plane of life and understanding. When my soul saw the vision of God's almighty marvelous purpose, I felt like falling on my face afresh and crying out, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, for as he is able, so are we in this world. All the glory and power that Jesus knows at the throne of God, all the wonders of his overcoming grace, all the marvels of greatness of his power is yours and mine to receive through faith in the Son of God. Yours and mine to expect through the faith of the Son of God, yours and mine to possess and enjoy and revel revealed to the glory of God. The vision. This is a poem. Jesus, thou King, glorious and eternal, mighty and loving, powerful and grand, who through the blackness and darkness inferno guided and holdeth the child by the hand, pierced to thy soul, grieved in thy spirit, bleeding thy feet are, wounded thy hand, sorrowing Christ through the veil now, Uplifted, see if thy beckoning with uplifted hands. Hear I thy voice as to me thou now speakest. See I thy teardrops silent fall. Now know I the anguish thy sorrow spirit feel as thou drinkest this one word, wormwood and gall. What, Lord, the cause of thy anguish of spirit? Why does his suffering come to thee now? Crucified one on the cross, was thou lifted? Have not the cruel thorns pierced thy brow? Have not the sins of mankind on on thee rested, causing thy soul in anguish to be torn? Has not the blood sweat from from thee being wrestled? Have not the saints for the crucified mourned? Why is it that again now I see thee bruised and bleeding, anguish and alone? Why is the Spirit of Christ now within me, witnessing thus of thy sorrow again? List to the answer, let all the world hear it. Jesus is speaking, let all hear his voice. It is because of the sins of my people. It is because you will not heed my voice. Do you not bite and devour one another, that you not slay with your tongue and pen? 
Many of my precious daughters and mothers, young men and maidens, even boys and old men, have you ever stood in the fire when they, where they are tested? Have you ever felt the withering blast? Know you how long and how hard they resisted fighting and struggling until the last? Why did you not stretch your hand out to help them? Why from the, thy soul did not sympathy flow? Did not my spirit within thee say, Help them out of their bondage of darkness or woe? Thus I am crucified, thus my soul anguish, thus this is the cause of my sorrow and woe. This is the reason that Satan had vanquished many who were at peace as pure as the snow. Oh, let my heart in yearning compassion, gentleness, meekness, and tenderness mild give of my grace to the soul swept with passion, power to live at my feet as a child. Then shall the gladness and brightness of heaven flood thy own spirit and cause thee and move among the crushed and the wounded and broken, bringing them sunshine, gladness, and love. Then shall thy spirit in tune with the heavenly's rapturous joy in the spirit shall know that when the power of God rests upon thee, then in the fruit of thy spirit thou grow. Then shall the earth know the glory of heaven. Then shall dominion over death and over hell reign in thine own soul, spread as the heavens, as the laban causing angel and man my praise to swell. Then shall the Christ over the earth be victorious. Then shall the power of my gospel be known. My kingdom shall come, eternal glorious united. The heavens and the earth shall be one. Given to John G. Lake, October 10, 1909, and times were interpretations. Chapter 6, The End Greetings, Limitless Love. For today, thank you for listening in. Uh, may God bless you and keep us healthy. November the 11th. Limitless love. Make excuse for others. This is taken out of Ephesians chapter 4, the Amplified Bible, verses 1 and 2. I, therefore, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to and beg you to walk, lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called, with behavior that is accredited to the summon to God's service. Living as becomes you, with complete lowliness of mind, humility, and meekness, unselfishness, gentleness, mindness, with patience, bearing the one another, and making allowance because you you love one another. Okay, let me read that again. Loosen up. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 and 2 from the Amplified Bible says, I therefore, Paul says, the prisoner for the Lord, 
appeal to and beg you to walk worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called. With behavior that is credited to the summon of God's service, living as becomes you. Becoming with complete lowliness of mind, humility, and meekness, unselfishness, gentleness of mind, mindness, mildness, with patience, bearing with one another and making allowances because you love one another. Most of us have no trouble making allowances for ourselves when we're short-tempered or rude to someone. We're quick to make excuses. If someone points out our failure to walk in love, we say, well, you know, I didn't really mean that way. It's the way it sounded. I'm just tired and I've been under a lot of pressure lately. It wasn't my intention to hurt anyone. But when it comes to dealing with others, we don't usually make the same allowances. In fact, many times we're as quick to be hard on them as we were to be easy on ourselves. When someone speaks even a little unkindly to us, we're likely to jump on the slightest negative in infliction. Did you hear that tone of voice she used with me? Or him, we might say. It was me. Why? So practically insulted me. That's just the reverse of what the Bible says we should do. It says we should make allowances for one another. In other words, we should be harder on ourselves than we are on each other. Instead of justifying ourselves, we ought to justify, to just admit it, that we, when we're wrong and repent. When we're less than loving in our words or demeanor, we ought to apologize. We ought to say, I'm sorry I spoke to you that way. There's absolutely no excuse for that. Please forgive me for being unkind. We ought to save our excuses for others. If we're walking in love, we should believe the best of them. Real love practically makes it impossible for people to offend us because instead of accusing them or mistreating us, we'll actually defend them. We'll even make allowance for people who are intentionally ugly to us. Oh, I don't think that person really wanted to come across like they did, we'll say. I believe their heart is right, though just got their words wrong. They were probably having a tough day. Some people think that kind of forbearance makes you a fool, but the scripture truth is, is simply part of walking in love. And there's nothing foolish about that. One of the things that we do, we, um, Fernando, we, uh, we exercise love and tolerance, love and incredible amount of love and tolerance. Uh, for others so much that uh, a stupid person won't be able to learn and I got to be wise enough that and uh, the forbearance and the uh, giving them slack is because they're either they're mean or unable to learn so I, I can't even respond to that I have to respond in kindness and say thank you God for what's happening to me God says Vengeance is mine. I will repay. I'm okay with that. Let it happen. Let it happen with me. Okay, let me uh, go ahead and read uh, Kenneth Copeland's yesterday's reading for the uh, 11th on uh, on faith to faith. 
Fate to Fate on the 11th. Daily Devotional by Kenneth Copeland. Okie doke. I'm trying to. Okie doke. November 11th. Says, um, a powerhouse of protection. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Isn't that great news? Isn't it good news to know that no sickness, no circumstance, no problem that rises against you can successfully bring you down? Some years ago, one of our friends was facing a lawsuit. He and I prayed together according to the scripture that, and agreed it was the final word in the situation, not the allegations against him. We stood in faith, believing the lawsuit had failed, had to fail. Sure enough, when my friend went to court, they just couldn't beat him. He didn't win that case because of his keen and witty lawyers. He won because he was innocent and because he had believed that powerful promise of God. Follow this example. When the devil attacks you in some area of your life, don't sit around crying and begging God to save you. Open up your Bibles to Isaiah 54, 17. Quote it. Quote it. Instead, remind yourself of what God has promised you. Use that promise to strengthen you against sin and every other evil work the devil would like to use to keep you bound. Then establish yourself on it through prayer. Say, Lord, I refuse to be afraid of this weapon the devil has brought against me because I know that according to your word, it cannot prosper. I trust you to protect me, and I thank you for it now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Don't let the powerful powerhouse of God protection go to waste. Put it to work in your life. It is your rightful heritage as a servant of the Lord. Don't let the powerhouse of God protection go to waste. Put it to work in your life. It is your rightful heritage, a servant of the Lord. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Give them heaven.